0: That you're born an Italian. If you want your life to be great, see that you're born in an Italiano, and your life
1: will be great.
2: Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm John Viola, spending the afternoon with two of my best pals, the notorious P.O.B., the Italian American Wikipedia himself, Mr. Patrick O'Boyle, and Ms. Rosella Rago, lately of her third successful cookbook. And a very special guest today on a topic that I think really is going to speak to a lot of our audience, uh, one about family and tradition and really what we're trying to do here, which is the use of uh, modern technology in a lot of ways to make sure that our traditions are something that can be passed on and and will be passed on. So it's going to be a really nice afternoon for us. And, uh, guys, it's good to be together today and uh, been working hard on the new space. You want to ruin my
1: life. Why? Why? Because even our guests can't see me. I have a blacked out Zoom camera. I'm here in a T-shirt surfing the Internet, multitasking, what I love to do.
2: Yeah, it's your favorite thing.
1: And you want to rob this from me.
2: <laughs> rob, your. why can't before?
1: you leave me in peace? I, mean, gonna... I They think this is shtick. I, you know, I hate this entire thing. I hate the Macy's Window Project.
2: Can you admit one thing about the Macy's Window Project, though? I was there with uh, Roe and Sabino and the rest of the grown-up Italian crew a couple of weeks ago. And uh, when we finished, I happened to happen to have a little poster that had our podcast logo on it. So I said, yeah, l- let me leave it here. I'll put it in the window facing out. I have gotten so much response from that. And even you have gotten some people in your uh, universe that have said, wow, I walked past this, right?
1: No, I got Italian questions. Why did John buy the building? Is John opening up a restaurant with Rosella? Please <laughs> tell me. I swear to God, I won't tell anybody that. That's the response I got.
2: Uh, you know, for the life of me, I just don't understand why people think Roe and I would open a restaurant. I feel like that would be a life sentence of work.
1: Oh, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's actually a good idea.
3: I think it's the Titanic waiting to happen.
1: Because <laughs> I, I would show up and go in the kitchen and just eat. I would put a dish towel. Everybody knows I wear a bib when I eat because I make a mess. I ruin my shirt and my ties. Not <laughs> Not just a, dish yeah, towel, a, not just a, a bib. A monogram. What can I tell you? I got a nice monogram. I have multiple ones and I carried them like hankies and I stuck, I stuff them in my shirt and I don't triple, but I could go there and eat whenever I wanted. I mean, I don't think I, I would pay. I'm not cheap.
3: I see the upside for Pat, but John and I was <laughs> this,
1: this, this idea of putting us in Macy's window, like we're monkeys in the zoo. You know, I got to say, I, I
2: think that's something very Italian, right? The desire to share your table and, uh, you know, I think a lot of people get enthusiastic about the idea either in a phase in their life or whatever it is that uh, that Italian welcome and that desire to feed and show love through feeding is something that can be brought into the next level with the restaurant. I know a lot of people good people, good business people uh, from incredibly successful careers prior. They go out, they identify talented chefs, and it is really hard no matter where your location is to make that work. I mean, they say something like, you know, 90% of restaurants in and around New York last under a year or, or something to that effect or under two years, something like that.
3: You know, I think the failure rate is actually the first six months. And and you know what, John? I'm actually slowly changing my position on this. I see you later in life. I don't think now, but later in life as like the new Frankie Pellegrino.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, please, yes. Uh, <laughs> but Susan Pellarcho has to come with the package. Yes, yeah, sure.
3: Whoever, whatever, we'll take whatever Fellini cast the characters will that will come with us. We'll t- we'll take them all, all of them. They'll have a home. Like the new space is a home for all the characters to to record to create. But John's restaurant uh, will be like our home. John's
1: restaurant. That is the greatest name.
3: It could be our home base because most of these people, like like Joe Germanata. If you don't know who Joe Germanata is, he is the father of uh, Stephanie Germanata, otherwise known as Lady Gaga. And, you know, he opened a restaurant called Joanne Tressaria, named after his late sister on the Upper West Side. Right, you know, steps away from where he lives. And one time I asked him, I was like, what the why the hell are you doing this? He's like, you know, it's just a place for me to hang out. I don't care if people come. I don't care if the food's That's a <laughs> you know, that That's th- appealing.
2: But then you
1: might as well just have people at the house. No, because then they would get on your wife's nerve.
2: Yeah. That's true. Well- that is true.
1: Because Nicole would shut that down real yeah,
2: quick. Yeah, Nicole's like one generational iteration away from putting plastic couch covers on our couches, so she's not. Uh, I mean, she loves having people over, but so she would
1: never admit it.
2: No, she would never admit it. Well, we moved. You know, we moved the good couch. We bought the couch from Italy. She always wanted it. We saved up. We bought the couch, and then the first time we had kids and family over, and they actually sat on it, she moved it in the other room. And when there's nobody in the house but us, it's still it's covered in a cloth cover.
1: Well, me and my mother, my mother and my mother, my grandmother, we never rejected plastic couches. My mother has all her nineteen sixty-eight French provincial furniture. It looks like she got it yesterday, all from the Johnson administration, all covered in plastic. (laughs) And the plastic works. You tell me how many other people have couches from nineteen sixty and I mean, and people think this is sick. This is fact. They were right. One day Nicole will come to a plastic covered worldview. Well, I mean got the cloth ones on.
3: it, it it never fails. We all become our mothers. I remember the first apartment I got on my own. Like it, 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 I lasted two weeks, and I bought the vinyl tablecloth because it makes sense.
2: Yeah, we got the vinyl tablecloth with the fuzzies underneath it.
3: I mean, it's washable. It's it, it it's wipeable. Yeah, it's just the most practical invention of modern time.
1: John, you, you know I have a guy who makes them custom. I know you. You have the, you're
2: probably the last. I bespoke couch cover person on the planet.
1: And a bespoke, he makes bespoke covers, clear plastic covers for table courts. You send him your measurements and he cuts them because they're nice heavy duty plastic. Because if you have a tile, if you have a really nice kitchen table, you put the nice plastic clear cover on it and you never have to worry.
3: Yeah, but the way we are, we cover the nice
1: plastic one. And my mother does that. My mother has a two cover. My mother has a clear cover and then my mother has a cover above the clear cover.
3: Right. Because we can't ruin the good stuff. You know, we, we still we, we still have to preserve that
1: because we're, we're civilized people that that's been my argument on this podcast from day one.
3: We are the most civilized.
1: <laughs> we,
2: we, we certainly are uh, in in entombing our furniture and encasing our furnitures in, uh, and and our textiles even now. Now we're getting the fabrics being covered in plastic.
3: Right in. Right in. If you think that we really should have a restaurant, a clubhouse of sorts, we can make it members only. We can make it open to the public. We John could, would love that. We could just not let in the people we don't like. <laughs>
1: will you, I will not go unless Susan Pilarcho is included. You have to steal her from Rayo. Okay? <laughs> I
2: don't know if I get, it's her family. I think
1: Susan would appreciate the effort.
2: Did I ever tell you guys about the time that I got catfished when I was like younger? I was when I was had not met Nicole yet. What does that mean?
3: Did this happen more than once? Because I feel like I've I've definitely heard the catfish story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it only happened once. Thank goodness. Catfishing pets. When when you nowadays you meet somebody in the online dating circles and you, you know, they they have pictures and profile. And then in reality, they're not the the actual person. Sometimes it's nefarious.
1: You know what Pat Akasella may rest in peace from North Arlington, used to say people always use their confirmation pictures. (laughs) <laughs>
2: well, no, it's not Meaning even that like, they use their right, yeah, ahead, their best shot right. No, this this is I, I was young and single, uh, hadn't met Nicole yet, and I decided to try well, the nascent online dating scene. And so, of course, you know the big deal for me was I wanted to meet an Italian person that was important to me. And so, my profile was about all that stuff. And so, I one day I get a profile uh, hit. This is before iPhones, so you, you had to do it through email uh on a young italian girl and oh we start talking and then we stay, you know you see her picture and but uh, then it's phone calls we're having these great phone calls and everything is wonderful and uh she'll never meet in person right so i'm like oh, you know uh, maybe she takes a slow a nice italian girl good family but she tells me all these details i mean the story's so fleshed out so long story short we start having conversations about our what we'd like to do in the future career-wise and i said if i ever had a restaurant what i would like to do would be something like you say, Roe, a small kind of private dining club, and I wanted Don's place. Well, I, no, I wanted to call it La Tavola Viola, and I wanted to basically take a replication of my family kitchen table that's been with us for decades and decades and decades, and then just paint it purple. Right, the purple table, also my last name, and that'd be like the chef's table. You come in and like we'd well, cook together, whatever. That's like the special thing. So not, not long thereafter, I finally find out that this girl's not who she says she is. She's not Italian. She doesn't live where she says, blah, 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 blah. I took it like a champ. But about well, maybe a year later, like right before I met Nicole, I get a an email from a, a new email address. And it's this, this girl in her real uh, character telling me she's really sorry for what she did. But she does want me to know that the Tava idea was so good, she actually copied it and opened one in somewhere in Canada. So she took the name, the concept, the whole idea, the, the purple table. And I, I wanted to say, like, geez, you, you know, I'm not bad enough that you defrauded me and lied to me. But but you also took my restaurant idea. So I guess I'm out of the restaurant
1: business. That's that's well, the hold end. on. Wait, wait, wait. Let's back up. Is that still around today? Who knows? I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it's worth a, a Google search. Uh, no, no, thank you. Let me let me
2: keep the past in the past. But i that would have been my thing. Put everybody at, you know, the closest thing to the kitchen table i could make which in my family is like an altar you know we worship at it we uh celebrate at it we mourn at it everything happens there and you know i've always felt that was the big kind of secret to italian american strength was like as long as you got a kitchen table you can go back to with people you love and eat food that's familiar and
1: and even the people you don't love yeah that's frankly that's and quite even true the people actually. you yeah. can't stand <laughs> yeah
2: that's true they'll be there too
3: the place should look like the kitchen and moonstruck
2: yeah oh that is a good kitchen that's a, And there's not many like that left anymore. Those most of those have been ripped out. That, that's yeah, those are that was a great kitchen.
1: You know, the stuff they always this this modern decoration for kitchens, these like wooden signs that are painted. Yeah, they always have Italian phraseology. Yes, that's true. And they're, they're not coherent. They'll be like Amore Cucina <laughs> you know, Cucina Amore Stella. You know, they they, they they throw Italian words on. But I mean, they're not throwing Norwegian words.
2: No, no. The kitchen's out. You know, yeah. yeah that's ours yeah the kitchen I think in internationally- French
1: the French attempt to try to take it, but you know you occasionally see like a French phrase, but its it's ours, yeah, it's ours,
2: no because you know what it is too like we talk about this a lot right the the French concept of cuisine is a science it's it's strict recipes, it's uh rules it's uh physics. The Italian concept is jazz, it's art, it's just like you know you go in whatever ingredients you have, i mean ro, you've spent fifteen years. Studying the result of that and and cataloging the result of that. How many of these recipes that you must encounter were, were, you know, what is it known to say? Oh, I made it up or I added this. It was like like you said in the new book, do it your way, freestyle.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't like telling people what to do. So when that's when I get the uh, the sips from Italy, the snotty Italian people that try and come on there and tell me, you know, oh, this is not the correct way. And I'm like, what's the correct? What what does that even mean? Like the guy who made this up the first time, 150 years ago, was he really worried about doing it the correct way? Yeah, but
1: I think Italians just love criticism. That's probably true. Because they break their own rules. Like I think Italian Americans who are disconnected or Americans in general don't realize what Italians say they do and what they do are two separate things.
0: Well, people
3: don't realize that, especially in the food blogging space. If you are a quote unquote, real Italian from Italy, you got an accent, you know, that accent's going to get you really, I mean, I'm just saying like, they can do no wrong. They can make, they could make like our guest that's going to come on. She's a real Italian. She's born in Italy. She's got this, she's a fabulous woman, fabulous accent, fabulous way about her. And, but, and, and thank God she makes wonderful dishes that are, that are, you know, Mostly authentic, sometimes colored with, you know, an Italian American flair, but she could make hamburger helper. And they would they would be like, Oh yes, wonderful.
2: <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of credit for being born in Italy in the in the Italian blogosphere for sure. There's this very self-aware sense that uh Italians can do the, the jazz, but everybody else follow along. And I don't think we as Italian Americans count.
1: Hold on, because they don't know real Italians. Yeah, it's probably true. There's two Italians. There's the Italian of the fur coat. And then there's the Italian of the house dress. Very true. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then my grandmother wore both of them. Yeah, you're right about that. And they're they're changing. It's a changing. I know an Italian-American who's an actual, I don't want to out them because they're a dear friend. And the family put tap water in ponder bottles. My grandmother, would, if my, if they had bottled water in America in the 90s, my grandmother would have pulled that stunt 100 <laughs> percent. Absolutely. My grandmother would have enjoyed that she pulled it off on people that they thought that it was yeah. real when it wasn't. That's a very Neapolitan thing. <laughs> That's a 100 percent Neapolitan thing. I got to pull one over on you. But I think that the Medigan people, it's very easy to trip them up. And I feel sorry for them because they're taking because my grandmother, if she could have sold. If my grandmother could have sold them tap water and Aquapana bottles, she would have done it <laughs> and smiled.
3: I know restaurants that put Fortissimo and Carlo Rossi in like the good house wine bottles.
1: Wow. Yeah. But shame on the person who buys it and can't tell the difference. Yeah, I guess that's true. If, 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 if they're not, why not? I love Carl. I don't know why people beat up on Carl Rossi. I love Fortissimo Carlo Rossi. When I love that. I'm so tired of having to defend my love of Carl Rossi and Fortissimo.
2: But that's the whole point of today's episode, right? It's about doing the stuff that is authentic to you and that is comfortable and welcoming. And really, yes, like we say, right, you you can jazz up a recipe, you can change, you could take what you have available. I try to do that all the time. You could even do it to family recipes. But there is, on the other side of the coin, a real value to knowing how those who came before you and your family did what they did, not because of rules, but because Food is an amazing transmitter of culture. Memory, obviously, scent and taste are the greatest uh, engagers of memory that we have. So I think, you know, we were talking about this the other night, right? There's always that sense of like, ah, oh, I can't make it like my nonna made it or I can't make it like my uh, mom made it or my uncle or whatever it is. And, and you probably can't make it because everybody's different. But there is something to be said about being able to access that. And today's guest has done a really, really good job in reacting A fantastic to- job. Yeah. An outstanding job. Yeah. At making sure that that's available for her family and uh, and for others now. So Alessandra Aiello, born in Vicoy, Queens, Naples, here in the United States now and has engaged in a project that I think is really worth our while. So I think our listeners are going to really enjoy. So, Alessandra, welcome to the Italian American podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. This is really an honor today, really. Oh, thank you. Been here 47 years. So I was only 10 years old. Don't do the math so quickly. Because <laughs> that means you could all be my children.
1: <laughs> not, not me. Not me. That's true. Not, not okay. not me. <laughs> but I'm gonna but I'm gonna run with that because no. No, no, I no. take whatever I can Pat. get. No
0: that's <laughs> right I'll
1: tell you why why was I so determined to get alessandra the honor of having alessandra this show oh
0: thank you because there's
1: two things there's this' what she's doing as the project that she's doing that we want to talk about but you know Roe all credit to Roe Roe was the proto authentic italian-american cook or presenter of cooks uh, if, if I articulate that correctly And since then, there's been an explosion, right? And Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and whatever my algorithm is, I'm bombarded with all people who are cooking online now, right? All Italian-American or Italian cooks or Italian-Australian cooks cooking online. And when I started to get Alessandra's videos, I said, this lady, her food smells familiar. And I I said, but this is my... because." There's my grandmother's side, my gastronomic side is Piano di Sorrento, right? And the Sorrentine Peninsula is a subset of Naples, right? So it's in the Neapolitan family of cooking, but it's distinct. It's very much distinct. And I saw her recipes and I said, but this is us. This is us. I said, she has to be from the Sorrento Peninsula because too many It was like an investigative, like things would pop and pop. And I could go through the dishes she did and I could see which were new ones that she had taken from family or friends or from other places and made her own and which one were part of my catalog, basically our shared connectivity. And I was so blown away because it really was the authentic food of the Sorrento Peninsula. And then when I found out her story, and Alessandra, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you are taping that you began this project during the pandemic yes to pass on to your children exactly. the family recipes and to take the family recipe one step further and to show them how it was done actually step by step filmed
0: exactly so pandemic hit and you know i needed to stay busy and my husband said my husband's a true believer like you're an amazing cook and i'm like you know i'm a housewife i'm an italian housewife this is what we do and i think that everybody does so anyway so i'm like okay i'm gonna die and my kids will open up a can of spaghettios whatever it's called <laughs>
1: the, the great fear and i
0: said right then and there my grandparents going to be turning in their grave doing somersaults so i said you know what Let, let's okay i said get I as actually if you go back some of my earlier videos you could see the depression of quarantine, of being home and, okay, this is what we're making. But I really wanted to put the recipe, the simple recipes, because Italian food is all about the great ingredient with simplicity. Putting it together in a certain way where everything has to come together, the fresh ingredients, the way you cook it, the smell, the frying, even when you fry something, it has a different sound from when you start it, when it's ending. And I just needed to get it on for my own children. And then, of course, my friends and family, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. And I am so thrilled that I am. Now, you guys talked about uh, the restaurants and Italian-American and me being born in Italy. If I opened up a restaurant, I would call it the best of both worlds.
1: Mm. Yeah, we get that. In- Italy, they don't get that, but we get that. We get that totally.
0: Yeah, I, and I think they do. You know, it's it's nice to kind of say, oh, in Italy, they feel like we're the original. Whatever you do is like you're messing it up. Not true. Things are changing there, too. And that's also another thing I like to push through my channel is that not only we're moving forward, they've moved forward, too. My aunt's recipes are evolving, too. And my cousins. so... I just came back. I was there 10 days. And oh, my God, did I need those 10 days in my life. It was just nothing but amazing. And what was amazing? Now, a lot of the older aunts and uncles are gone. So now it's a question is keeping these relationships with the cousins. And a lot of it was cooking together. And it all evolves around the kitchen. It really does.
1: Can I jump in? Because yes, you hate such a, like I, said, I got so, I'm so excited over this particular episode. I belong to a group called Fundamental Gastronomics of the Sorrento Peninsula. I have to put you in. It's like an academy. It's like an academy of fundamentalisti gastronomici. And I have had very in-depth discussions because my grandmother's food is, an, it's like a, it's like a, um, a fly in amber of like 1901. So the food that I eat, like, for instance, we had a big discussion over, over lasagna, right? Now, my grandmother's lasagna was only rigotte. It was rigotte, mozzarella, ch- chopped up eggs and parsley. That was the lasagna that I grew up in. And as you know, my grandmother's family is from Trinidad. We actually had a, a mozzarella and a rigot business up there. Okay. And um, everyone said, oh, no, no, it's about bechamel and everything. And then as I said, no, this is the authentic Sorrento recipe. But to make a long story short, People who would say, in their uh, boomers, like in their 70s now in the group, or people who even in their their 60s said, yeah, I remember that lasagna. That was the lasagna from, let's say, the 50s back. But when rye comes on and newspapers become the lasagna of the Sorrento Peninsula evolved, a lot of people start saying, yeah, I remember. Yeah, we would just have on holiday special occasion a lasagna that was only ricotta mozzarella uh, grated cheese. Now, let's go through something else. In that area what was a pezzutella. What was the cheese that they would make at home, that hard cheese? The cow's milk cheese. A cashotello, which is a casciotta, casciottina, a, cacotina, a in a bulletin. It's like a hockey puck. It's like a white hockey yes, puck. Yes.
0: I, I'm so sorry I brought it back from Italy, but I gave it away to my symbol.
1: <laughs> you all, you were close, Pat. You, next time, <laughs> if next you time want me to <laughs> send for, yeah. Next saying. time, make an order. When I make that at home. I'm a I'm a whacked out person. I make that at home. I got the form and everything. I put it in the salt water. Yeah, <laughs> and and if if you take the grating cheese of the Sorrento Peninsula before the war, it was that cheese and it was Gaza that was aged. And after the war, the, the Pecorino Romano, which is was started to come in, the Parmigiano Reggiano, but they are new cheeses. They are something new yes. that evolved. It's, it's evolutionary, right? We make something else at home. My grandmother makes aioi and she would throw raisins in it. Yes, of Thank course. Thank you. Now,
0: and nuts that, and
1: walnuts. Yes, and walnuts. I did a recipe with my cousin in Italy that should be coming out this weekend. That See, this is why I'm so excited about what you're doing. And well, there was only one other girl in that group. And these are, these are the, these are the, the uh, gastronomic heavyweights of the peninsula that said, yeah, my grandmother makes that. Because that's a recipe that comes from really a coccina bovara, really impoverished times right. when Lent was very strict, there was no meat. People ate meat a few times a year. But in Italy, that's wealthy. And I lawyer, for those who don't know, it's spaghetti with, with garlic and oil, with the raisins thrown in, which is really Neapolitan, right? Raisins and pine nuts are like go so far deep into our tradition. And the Brajol,
0: and and the brajol and the that's kind of got,
1: that's gone extinct because it's a place that's become richer, more affluent. They, they can eat stuff that they couldn't eat before. And these dishes have disappeared. But you, with what you're doing, you have, you're have you preserving for all eternity, not just for your kids, but for the people of the Sorrento Peninsula, for everybody, for, for, for a Norwegian out of Minnesota who wants to try something different. You've made a catalog of real home family cooking. Oh, thank you. And I think it's, it's fantastic. And not can only people just access what you're doing. For their own families, because like me and my mother sometimes will disagree on how my grandmother did something, you know, she'll say, and I'm, I'm always right. Cause, and I'll tell you why I'm always right. Because I paid attention like a scientist what my grandmother did. <laughs> I used to, I used to take very diligent notes, but you know, if you had the actual videotape, what a better way to preserve the memories of a family. Like I wish the, that my great grandparents, people that I never met, my mother always said she never all her grandparents were dead before she was born. She never had a grandparent. Oh, How beautiful would it be if we not only had videos, You know, to see that, to see a video of your great-grandmother cooking something or your great-great-grandmother. And as bizarre and crazy as that sounds to some people today, Alessandra is ahead of the game because that's going to be the reality of the Gen Z kids. Oh, thank you. That's going to be the reality. Yeah.
2: You know, Pat, you you make a point that I want to ask Alessandra about. This was on my hit list. Uh, Alessandra, first and foremost, how many kids do you have?
0: I have three girls.
2: Three girls. Okay. Three
0: girls. They're uh, 28. 24 and 16 now god bless you thank you my two oldest fluent in italian 100 percent. the baby a little less uh the 16 year old but oh boy does she understand everything i say can i share a little episode about that yeah yeah so my aunt from italy i, I speak to italy every day whether it's a cousin and aunt everybody does phone call to italy every day uh and we were not my mother did not allow for us to lose the dialect or the tongue. A
1: language. Napulitan is a language.
0: And exactly. Exactly. O so, Sempre. Solamente And we still speak like that. You know, with my siblings, we speak half English, half Napulitan, and half uh, Italiano. So uh, my aunt was telling me that, uh, unfortunately, her son and daughter-in-law had marital problems. And, you know, she. I, I said to her, I said, Daddy, Parla Nabulidana street to street. I said, speak Neapolitan very tight. So I have Sabrina in the car and I don't want her to understand. Okay. So Zerita went along, tells me the story, what's going on. Fine. I get home. We get out of the car. My daughter sees the the baby gets out. She must have been eight. She sees my husband. She says, Daddy, Daddy, Carmela and Pasquale are no longer together. They were (laughs) very (laughs) bad. so, I she knew what was them. important
2: there was the the, the skills there she knew there.
0: what was important exactly. yeah she liked the bolpeta, like we say <laughs> and,
1: and
2: you know essentially this is your inspiration your vision right is these these three daughters that you want to share what is important to you and and I think you know culturally to to many of us the idea of how we eat when we eat where we eat and those things but it makes sense to do it during COVID. Everybody had time on their hands, a lot more cooking. We we saw that nationally. What made you decide to put it on YouTube?
0: My husband. My husband always had this vision. He's been begging me to do these videos for years and years and years. Let's say twelve years ago, but then I do the math. Twelve years ago, I had two teenagers on my hands and a three year old. Ah, Did so, I have time? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, your video. You're you lucky. Go, good,
0: yeah. good move for me. I was lucky I was running. But anyway. So he always had this vision. He had this passion for my cooking because what he realized that when people ate my food was the joy that it gave them. That sense of belonging, that sense of sharing. That's why I called it Alessandra's Food is Love. Not so much the love for the cooking, but the love I get from the people when they eat it. Yeah. Does that make sense?
2: Oh my gosh. We were just talking about that on a previous episode with another guest the idea that it's how we show love right like the first thing you say to somebody is you know you talk to them oh why don't you come over and eat and pat and roe we're talking about our friend susan palercio earlier who is part of the family um at Rayos. her cousin uh Bononima frankie pellegrino was uh world famous for his uh his restaurant there but you know, Susan says all the time that it wasn't just even Sunday meals in in the old days. It was come over for coffee after work, and who has a company cake waiting or something you made? And you know, for us, yeah, the the table is the place to love. That's obvious. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So you started doing this. You put them on YouTube. What was the response? When did you realize you had something on your hands that was bigger than you imagined?
0: John, I don't even know if I have something on my hand. I just keep doing it because I love it. It it, it gives me I, I'm not even looking at financial gain or uh, fame. I'm just happy to do it. I'm just happy to, you know, my husband gets so it's like, it's like, oh, I just got an idea. Sometimes I stay, I, I wake up in the middle of the night. It's like, oh, I got to make that. I haven't made that. Like steak pizza was so big for me mm. because it was the memory that goes with the steak pizza and it was, the, you know, days at the beach. And I also... As a young girl, I always went to Italy every year. So through high school, I worked part-time after school, made my money, and and I went off to Italy for the summer. And one year, I ended up flying into Zurich because it was the cheapest ticket I could get. But then I had to take a train from Zurich down to Napoli. So on my way down, it all worked out. But on my way up, my aunt and uncle dropped me at the train station in Napoli. And now they were petrified that a young 18-year-old was on a train overnight alone going to to Durigo. So we get into the um, Couchette car, and of course, traveling, there's a family, and they're going to Zurich too. And of course, the first thing my aunt and uncle do is like, oh, vi raccomando, mia nipote, state latente, giovane, uh, è pericolosa, no? Tutte le raccomandazioni. So sure enough, the train takes off, and a half hour in, this family opens up, oh, oh, a suitcase full of food. And what <laughs> comes out? These big breads, crusty Italian breads with slices of pizzaiola in it. And delicious. Oh. All the greasy uh, sauce into the molika, And I think I'll never forget that pizzaiola sandwich for the rest of my life.
1: That is the I never thought of a pizza sandwich. You you have changed my life. <laughs> I, you really have. I've done a brajole sandwich. I have never done a pizza sandwich. That sounds
3: delicious.
1: That is oh, that is it? delicious. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, that's it from the Neapolitan brain. This is what comes the creativity.
0: Yeah.
1: You changed my life because I changed the way I make spaghetti with muscles because of you. Really? Yes. Your spaghetti and mussels recipe. Okay. Everybody go out there. You have to find it. There's a trick you have in there. Yeah. I want them to go online and to see it. I'm not going to give it away. That was a game changer.
0: Really? Okay. Yes.
1: I showed my mother. We had a committee meeting. My mother doesn't like like change. My mother doesn't like change. I said, let's give it a shot. And I was like, wow, because the mussel taste. I like spaghetti and mussels white. Yeah. I mean, I like I like mussels with tomato sauce, but there's something. You know what I had in Piano di Sorrento? They put saffron. Yes.
2: That's how I do it. I put the saffron in my uh my muscles. It's like what you put, but that's something is that something new? I don't I don't even know where I got it. I, that's a question I have.
0: Something new. That's something new. Absolutely. Like I said, they're evolving too. Thank you. They're Thank evolving you. too. Thank you. So their recipes are changing my, my, uh, have you uh, watched my eggplant parmigiana video where my aunt makes a batter, no more coating into the flour and the egg and she makes a, a batter with the egg and the flour and a little milk and you just drench it as much as you want. And those little eggplants with the heat extremely hot, they don't suck up a drop of oil.
3: That's how we do the eggplant for Parmigiano. We do a, a pastella. We do a, a pastel. Be-
0: Perfecto, Rosé, you're Ros- 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 bravissima. Ah, I adore.
3: Ah, thank you. Mm. And it's we up.
0: have, you know, Rossella and I have friends in common. Who, who we have in common? Wait. Well, the the, the people, Jo Gi- Gi- meta? Antonio.
3: Oh yes.
0: Lali Muri. Oh my God, I love that place. I yeah. could die there. Patrick,
3: you got to take a trip to this joint. Where is it? It's in Ali
0: Alimuri. Oh, Con- it's in Ali Alimuri Beach. Yes.
3: Yeah. La Conca Alimuri. This is one of my favorite seafood restaurants in all oh, of. You, you can't wow. beat the
1: fish in that area. It's right on you the. You can't beat the fish in that area.
3: Oh, my God. One time, the f- we we actually started going there when I was doing the cooking with Nona Tours. And um, my my tour operator, Pasquale, that is like Mr sorrento he was married to a woman who owned seven pharmacies in sorrento so you know he became a pharmacist too never went to school but became a pharmacist and uh he knows everybody there so he hooked us up with la conca and the first time we went there they made a dinner that they never really made again for us because you know the first time is always they're trying to impress you
0: but they made le fritelle delle alghe, algae. oh yes, yeah. seafood uh, sea- and seafood uh, seaweed uh Oh my god. It's a polele alg. Oof. Uh, uh, this
3: is one of the best things. I mean, talk about nothing making something out of nothing. Algae that feed like you know, algae. Seaweed. Such a seaweed. Sea-wee.
0: Yeah, it's seaweed. It is seaweed.
3: Seaweed mixed seaweed. with a little flour and water fried. And it was the best thing ever. Then they made these uh these profiteroli al limone limona. I dream about those at night. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, hearing you and Ro talk about the recipes you love, the places you love, it's, it's obvious to everybody out there in both of your audiences, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who watch you both, how much you love to cook, to feed, to eat, to think about these things. its It's an art form, right? And one of the things you guys both have done, you know, it's not just a matter of your family can see your recipes or now through the technology of YouTube and Facebook and all these different platforms, somebody else can see your recipes. But it's also like, I think it's safe to say Pat's favorite thing about our doing this show, which is these are also time capsules now. So a hundred years from now, 200 years from now, God willing, if somebody wants to understand how their great, great grandparents did something, there's a chance that they can learn it from what you've created because it lives on in perpetuity. And I think back to when I lost my grandmother, she, taught me my paternal family recipes, and there were certain things that I just couldn't recreate. Uh, I've talked on the show a couple of times about uh, my dad asking me to make what my grandmother used to call devil fish, and we couldn't figure it out. We finally figured it out on a trip to Priano last year. He mentioned it. Somebody knew, but it was hadn't been called that since 1900. But you guys have created a sort of an alternative version because, you know, most cookbooks – there, everything's super tested and it's got to be good enough for the measurements and the, that's not necessarily natural to italian cooking and here you guys are with either your memory or people that you bring in in rose case creating alternatives and revealing tricks and tips and uh, things that people don't think about i can remember when i lost my grandmother desperately trying to find a cookbook that i could use as a guy i think i found one that was a an italian american lady I'm going to forget what it's called. It was a, a big book with the lady on the cover. Um, I, have, I still have it. in
0: Yolanda Eloide?
2: I don't know. It's a good question. Eloide, uh,
0: the Italian immigrant cookbook?
2: Might be the Italian immigrant cookbook.
0: Okay, hold on. Let me grab it. I have it. I'll show you. Don't you love that?
1: Yeah, I bet that's it. Maybe this one right here? Yeah, that's it. That's the book. Yeah. I remember that book came out. That book came out in the mid-90s. Yeah. that That was kind of revolutionary in the fact that it was just... It was the celebration of the Italian-American home cook, a lot like what Marian Esposito was doing.
2: Yeah, very different. And and it was the only resource where I felt like I could turn, and it's out of print now, obviously, um, many, many years, but it was the only resource that I felt I could turn to where I wasn't going to get like a a lab-tested recipe. I was going to get a version of what my grandmother did and and the reasons why behind it. And it was uh, a huge guidepost for me in recreating what I – didn't know from my grandmother teaching me or recipes that had fallen out in my family, even uh, before I was born. And that's the kind of resource you guys are creating here. You're you're giving people guideposts and you're giving them a snapshot and uh, that's invaluable food anthropology, really.
0: Thank you so much, John. I also want to add for what you said, that was also very, very important to me because I said, if I'm gone, I want my kids, they'll be looking in old cookbooks, but they'll never get what I made them. I wanted them to have what their comfort food tasted like. Because, you know, sometimes you need a recipe, you're just overwhelmed. There's so much out there, especially lately. Everybody's putting on stuff. And sometimes it's upsetting what people really put up. Uh, what they put, not that I feel that I'm better. No, everybody's got to do their own thing, which is No, safe. but you can, you can. I, oh, you no, should, you I, know.
3: I like you know you know I do something one way you do something another way but then ci sono questi questi
0: cretini. Then,
3: <laughs> they they spear the hot dogs with spaghetti and boiled them. These people. <laughs> <you> know, <they're
1: laughs> yeah, but they're ve- I, I, are any of them Italian?
3: Maybe I don't know or, or whatever. But there is such a thing in my head as food blogger jail, as pasta jail. I'm creating a list. And one day, when the reckoning comes, these people will all be sent to an island. You know who I'm talking about. I know. All these I, I, one, I one pan, one one. Nothing
1: aggravates
2: me like one pan. What does that mean, one pan?
3: It's like, yeah, but they do it. I understand one pot pasta. I get it because, you know, technically, pasta patata is like a one know, pot.
0: One pot, of course, pasta, of course.
3: But they take it to the next level because then they cook the pasta in like heavy cream and chicken broth yeah. and then they add all the crap to it. And brown it up
0: with cheddar cheese on top. Don't forget yeah. the cheddar.
3: Yeah, with Velveeta. Yeah. These are the people that put Kraft singles on top of Big Z D.
1: <laughs> they don't do that, do they? I mean, God forbid. Uh,
0: yeah, they do. They do. They do Sorry, Pat. guys. Pat, they do. I've seen a few.
3: I've I seen live at sick
1: That's why I don't leave Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I stay in North Jersey. Because I'm not exposed not. to these things,
3: Patrick. We're gonna sit you down and force you to watch all these videos, and we're gonna get your reactions because you yeah. wouldn't believe it. He do- <laughs> he's not gonna believe it until we yeah, show. you see, him.
1: some people. I got. I have a friend who's not Italian American, who makes what they call Italian food, and it, you know, let's not go there, right? It is what it is. Yeah. And I went out. Uh, I learned a lesson in humility. I went out and I got the Michelle chicolone's Look, it's like a thousand Italian recipes. I think it's a very good primer for someone who wants to start Italian cooking who's not Italian. And they looked at it. I gave it as a gift. Like, I didn't come out and say, your food stinks here. Take this book. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you like to cook Italian food. And I saw that they kind of like, well, what do I need this for? And they like what they make. It's not my food. But they put in all kinds of stuff like, you know, all these seasonings and stuff like that. And It's, it's their food. Yeah, look, I mean, people have to be comfortable with what they eat, and that, that food is
2: personal. Food is memory, and you
1: know. I don't want to be like the Italian from Italy who comes in like the cops. I'm going to blow a whistle. I mean, it's it's a it's a tight line to walk. As I think about it now, you know, there is the Italian police with us that we want to blow the whistle on them and send them to jail, and then there's also like you know, I don't want to be like the guy from Italy who goes on to Rose' social media profiles. These people who kind of like haunt her and criticize. I don't know, Rose. This is kind of deep. This is a deeper episode than I thought it would be.
3: Yeah, but there's a line, Patrick, when you catch people putting ketchup on pasta, you
1: know. Yeah, correct. I blow the whistle on that, but they're condened. I mean, what what am I going to say? No. I mean, like, if you want, I mean, that's why we came to America. So you could put, in Italy, you can't put ketchup on pasta, but in America, you could. So am I, should I tell Brad out in Missouri, Brad, how do you eat that? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't I, know, it's deep. it's deep. But don't
0: call it Italian food. Don't call it Italian. Don't call it uh, authentic. Don't. Well, no, you can't call it authentic. Yeah, it's, you just, know, what it's I, just what you like, yeah, go on, go on. but, but that's why I wanted, like, Rossella is known as recipe, and the moms. this is my recipe, my family recipes, uh, really a detail for my daughters, now, if there's people out there that could be of interest, and they could enjoy it, you know, wonderful, but if not, it's okay, too, I, I understand, um, and then there's their, like, I am, I'm passionate about the, the seasons you know I'm, i i think i'm in italy i go out every i go out every day food shopping i go get my fresh bread the fresh vegetables i only decide what i see what's out in the market so now i've uh, myself i created the lasagna the bechamel lasagna with the butternut squash and sausage that's my own creation can you call it italian can you call it american
1: yeah but, but that it's a beautiful thing we don't celebrate the evolution. My grandmother invented her own pastiera. Oh, because I make the pastiera like you with the gran and the crema pastiche. and the ricotta. Yeah, my grandmother's father was grew up in Artano outside of Naples. Okay, and he was born there and he grew up in Torre del Greco. And my grandmother amalgamated. She made a she made a um, a pastiera, and it's in a, it's in it's actually in a cookbook in Rosetta Costantino's cookbook on t- Southern Italian desserts. She took spaghetti and she had spaghetti, which is the um, what they make the pastira with in the Paese Vesuviana.
0: Yes,
1: certo. She added spaghetti to a sugar base. Yes. And she put, like, uh, cherries in it, right? The the The, uh, the uh, amarene. No, no, the the and my grandmother created this. Because the Neapolitans are always creators, right? And my grandmother created this. It's the most delicious thing. Yes. And, and but, she created it.
0: But not in Napoli. Now, you're talking... Uh, uh, caserta, yeah, the paese. Salerno, was, if you go Avenino, outside, Bel-
1: if you go yes. out like north, like um Sant'Antimo, Arzano, that area, right, there, right? right? And, and then the towards the Greco, they have yes. a spaghetti pastiera um, tradition. Yes. So, so okay. my grandmother amalgamated because my grandmother was creative like that. She amalgamated the spaghetti pasta, and for those who have not tried it, it's absolutely delicious. Of course. And because spaghetti can also be used in the really poor parts of the province of Naples, that spaghetti was also used in desserts. They make a spaghetti pastiera with just eggs. Omig.
0: Let's use a carnevale. That's another delicious thing we Depend- make. Yes, yes. Il miliaccio.
1: And my argument is that people like you are evolving the culture. You know, I, I, I found this. If you go to parts of the United States that had immigration in the 1880s from very, very poor parts of Italy, Calabria and Basilicata, the Italian menu is very, very limited. And the reason is that their their ancestors in Italy kind of were eating the same thing all the time because there wasn't a lot available. It was a lot of greens. It was a lot of beans. It was a lot of macaroni, a lot of frizzales, stale bread. And maybe on Christmas and Easter, you had a piece of meat. You didn't have fish. You were in the interior. But now if you go to those parts of Italy, you know, now their, their cuisine has exploded because, you know, now trucks come from all over Italy and bring fresh fish everywhere, right? Now you have a pasticetta before you couldn't, I mean, why are we, why do we deep fry our desserts? I've said it here a million times because a bread oven was too hot for a cake. Now gas ovens come with, with dials. You can control temperature. So Italy's food has evolved. So why shouldn't Italy's diaspora evolve food when the, the hallmarks, the concepts of quality, freshness, authenticity, you, I would love to try your, and I'm going to have to convince my mother because my mother's my mother, but the butter, the, the butternut rigotto lasagna, why not? Why not no try ricotta, something different? No ricotta.
0: Oh, because how do you... Oh, oh bechamel. You may go bechamel. Beshamella, be- the, the butternut squash and the, and the layer of mozzarella, the fresh layers of uh, lasagna sheets. Deli- really delicious. I'll be making for Thanksgiving.
1: It's funny how lasagna is our first course on Thanksgiving oh it's gotta be we are Italian
0: Americans it's gotta be yes yes it's that's
3: the thing I love about our culture and it speaks to you know this whole best of both worlds thing it's like we we uh, come to America all of a sudden we have these new this new landscape of ingredients this uh abundanza we have a little bit more money we have and then we have new holidays to make up new things for yeah so you give Italians thanksgiving And they run with it and do wonderful things, like these butternut squash or pumpkin pastas fornos. And these, you know, it's like, oh, Americans do this on Thanksgiving, but we're going to do this because we're us.
0: Exactly.
2: You know, I never thought about that, Ro. That's an interesting thing. I, you know, I always think about we encountered new ingredients, and you know, particularly things like you know, chicken and stuff like that are used so differently here than they were in Italy when our people were coming here. But I never thought about the fact that we were encountering new holidays. And we had this sort of blank slate. I mean, you have the American traditions that were there, but you can add to that and customize it the way you want. That's really interesting. I, I, that's something I'm going to noodle over. I never really thought about it. Oh,
3: I love as a food blogger, as a creator, I love making things for like things that just don't exist in Italy. Like I love making Italian American Halloween stuff. Yeah. You know, it gives me such joy because I, I feel like it's something that, that, is just for my my specific little community, and some of the stuff only our people would even get it. Like they don't like I made a strega cookies with strega glaze, you know, because it was you know witchy and Halloweeny and stuff. And it's just like an Italian knot cookie with a with a glaze made out of strega, which is a very Italian liqueur and stuff. But that's something so personal to our community that helps us feel like we're participating.
0: I love that. I got to try that. we Very down.
1: good. You love them. Yeah. I love I you do. I'm not a big figure. I'm not I'm not going to make them Alessandra because I'm going to have someone make them for me. <laughs> oh. Someone's dragging I'll me make- to an online a studio. Macy's window.
3: (laughs) It's the fusion between like our our old school like nonna recipes like it's an olive oil cookie dough but then you put a Strega glaze and you do the fun metagon sprinkles and stuff and you and you have fun in the way Americans have fun with their food with slow decoration that you know is very you know because cookies especially in Italy and especially in southern Italy are not like always
1: jazzy. No. No at all at all. No they're, they're,
2: they're they're biscuity.
1: Yeah, they're, they're made to be dunkers. Yeah, the dunkers. Italian yeah. cookies are made to be dunked in either yeah. wine or coffee or milk or something. That's true.
3: But we're not frosting people. We're we're not glazy frosting sprinkle people. The Americans sprinkle everything. They 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 color. They food color everything. You know, I I love it. It not all the time, but you know, it's got a time and a place. And all is for an Italian-American content creator, it's really the time where you get to have the most fun with your, it's my favorite season. That and like Valentine's Day, especially, because in in Italy, they don't do big, you know, uh, uh, bordella Valentine's Day Things. In America, you get to make, you know, the heart pasta and the heart cakes and dress them all. And you can have fun with like the base being very Italian and very high quality ingredients, but have a little bit more more fun and, and playfulness with your execution.
1: Most times when we tape, we tape a lot on Fridays and I intermittent fast a lot on Fridays, almost every Friday. That's not a good idea. But today I didn't because I knew it was going to be bad. <laughs> the worst <Are> you- <laughs> thing is to be intimate and fast and have a conversation about food. And I knew right when the hunger pains would kick in around lunchtime, where we are now, that with this episode would put me over the deep end. So I purposely—you I- know, you know what I had? But I got tell you what I had for breakfast. Yeah, I had leftover ayoy But I, if you mm. have it left over, the oil when you cook the oil mm. it makes the spaghetti. It was right this the bottom. Spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have monkfish cooked in in tomatoes but the monkfish gives out so much liquid when i finished the monkfish there was a lot of liquid left and i warmed up the liquid from the the sauce of the monkfish and i poured it over whole wheat frizzail that is the breakfast of champions wheaties had nothing on me today
0: no (laughs) oh you gotta
1: try that if you're out there get monkfish tomato sauce it's gonna get nice and watery and then pour and then that liquid like the biscotto.
0: Oh, but so Pat, Pat, guess where I'm headed right after this. Where? La Sorrentina. Oh, they're your cousins. Yeah, no, that's
1: my best friend Lina. Oh, that's your best friend. She's from Vicenza, too. You you know how I knew she was Vicenza? Well, the first time I went in there, I saw how long her pizzas were. Right, like pizza metro. And Vicenza for those who don't know, Vicenza makes a, a pizza only made in Vicenza which is a very, very, very long pizza. Goes by the meter. Goes by the meter. And I was there and I said, I smell Tique here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I want to tell you a little bit about, if I could, just a second, a, a little bit about Piano di Sorrento. Piano di Sorrento in the late 1800s had a terrible earthquake. So the homes on the beach were called Cassano, where the earthquake did not touch it. And that means case sane. And then the top part with the Trinita is, that's called Caruotolo in Napoletano. Caruotolo meaning case rotte.
2: So healthy houses, broken house, broken houses.
0: Broken So the, the northern part of, of the area got destroyed and the bottom by the water was saved.
1: It's such a beautiful place.
0: And Trinita was a post for swapping out horses. So when the horses came from Viquequense on the way to Positano, they stopped in the trinità and that's where the horse were fed and swapped out to continue up the hill i never knew that that's fa- that's yes. incredible i have i have a, a dear friend dr massimo maresca who's 90 years old and uh, this is what we talk about we speak napoletano and we, we we talked about before always having people come in my my doors are always open I always have coffee on. I always have something cooking. And I always have people just stopping in, which I love.
1: Do you know that church in Trinidad, the church of Trinidad, and the altar to Maruno del Rosario that's on the side? Yes. That's my ninth great-grandfather's whose name, who's in that marble.
0: Oh, wow. Masquale
1: wow. Oh But I'm done. Next John wants I'm to go. Gonna... John that's yells wonderful. at me because we got to go now. It's like, <laughs> it's like the so cop. Sorry. I'm sorry, John. Don't hit me. But if <laughs> um... it was Sicilians, oh, it'd be all afternoon. <laughs> How do you fry your gardeons? Oh, let me guess. What did you have last night? Eggplant and swordfish. Oh, if it now. was Sicilians, I'd be easy yeah. Force. I'm in the Na- right. I'm in the Nabudan naughty box as usual. You,
2: you anti-Sicilian always. um I never said that. No, the you know what? That's that's what it's all about. My door is always open. My table's oh, you know, the seat of the table is always slightly warm from the last person there and welcoming to the next person there, and you know that that comes through on your videos and all the work thank you're you. doing. So thank yeah, you. Congratulations, and thank uh, you.
1: I hope there's plenty more. And my call to action is if you want or you want to watch real authentic Italian food, Neapolitan food, Sorrentine food that you can make at home, you have to go. Alessandra made one mistake. She named her website Alessandra's Food is Love, which she sure named it was Alessandra the Great. Because you, Alessandra, you you are Alessandra the Great. That is your new name, Alessandra the Great.
0: Alessandra
1: La Grande. I want you to go out there. I want you (laughs) to follow her social media. I want you, you're on everything, right? YouTube and TikTok, TikTok, all this stuff. And I want you to go on her website, on her YouTube, and you got to try her spaghetti and mussels in a white sauce. Wow. Out of this world. But then Thank if I keep you. talking, John's going to yell at me. Yeah, you know
2: I mean. yeah I'm, now I'm hungry.
1: That's
0: your Chicho. That's my uncle Chicho. I got to mention, just, to, John, please, just real quick. So my husband and I were in Italy. My husband likes everything red. And so he wanted spaghetti with the the, the, the muscles. And my uncle said to my aunt, no, no, no. In reality, I'm going to do white sauce. And my husband was, like, going crazy. He wanted the tomato sauce. Mm. And it took 15 years. To my, my husband finally agree and say. You know, Diocecco was right. <laughs> Where's
1: <is> your husband <laughs> from? In, in Italy? Uh,
0: no, my husband's not Italian. That's that's for oh, another wow. episode, and I'll share you more oh, about yeah, why food is love.
3: Ma che fortuna che ti ha
0: sposata te!
3: Whatever. Be- no, <laughs> no, no, no. Viatais, viatais.
0: Viatais. Rosetta, don't lo say that they say they call him Santo Medi. Let's just. But I do no. want to add something else. You, John, at the beginning, you mentioned, you know, do you feel what you're doing if you're doing something great? I, I don't feel I'm doing anything great, but thank you. Maybe after today, I will. But I got to say, when Rosella sent me a message maybe two years ago, and I saw that Rosella rec- recognized me, that's when I knew I had made it. That's wow. when I said. Wow. Oh my god. Semlo, yeah. it.
3: well, such a, I think you're wonderful. You're you you are a true, authentic Italian mama. Grazie. And today you're going to be the most wonderful Italian mama Grazie. making food with love. Tell everybody exactly where to find you. What's the name of your website? What's it, the it's, your Instagram?
0: Okay. I am everything's pretty much under Alessandra's food is love dot com. That's where you could print the recipes. Uh, TikTok and Instagram are shorter versions of my recipes. If you want the full episode, it's on YouTube and it's under Alessandra's food is love. But I cannot thank you all so much for really uh, having me participate today. It's been wonderful. Oh. Thank you. Grazie di cuore.
2: Thank you. Vi
0: voglio bene.
2: Same to you from all of us. Thank oh, you for wait, being One here. more
0: thing. One more thing. Let's plan a trip
1: to Italy together.
2: Oh, mamma mia! That's a you know. Sure, to twist team. our arms. i was yeah. to
1: remember you and I come from the Beverly Hills of Italy. That's
0: <laughs> a, you it,
1: you oh. Oh, it. You got yeah. it, Pat. Yeah. you got
0: it. The Proputenadarrat, yeah. Team, shape but thank you, Pat. Oh,
2: he's the greatest. Well, I would be happy to go to the Beverly Hills of Italy with you, and uh, I, I am sure that would make for not only a really enjoyable trip but some. Very, very interesting videos with this crew going to Italy together. So I think uh, everybody out in the audience would be looking forward to that. So thank you for all you're doing, for being here, for, for sharing with us. And uh, I hope everybody out there has enjoyed. Get out there and look at the website. Check out the YouTube. And like Pat said, try those spaghetti with muscles. Uh, you won't regret it. So from all of us at the Italian American Podcast, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>
0: that you're born in Italy If you want your life to be great See that you're born in Italy You're freestyling now right? and your life will be great See that you're born in an Italy Leonardo and your life